You're listening to the Sub-25 Podcast. Sub-25 is the college and young adult ministry of Gardendale First Baptist Church. Our mission is to see the college campuses, workplaces, and communities around Birmingham changed by the power of the gospel. Here's this week's message. So uh, normally Angela is in the back. Tell us what you're normally doing about this time. Yeah, normally I'm back in that corner right in front of that door. Uh, typically stuffing goldfish into Hudson's mouth so he doesn't talk and he's got headphones on watching some blippy YouTube video and I'm rocking hat into sleep so I'm just like listening and then rocking hat into sleep and stuffing goldfish so if you hear a peep it's because some goldfish didn't make it into his mouth yes uh, there's been some times where obviously I've, I've pointed him out because he, I, I, I think I've heard him say something about like fruit snacks fruit snacks yeah because he wants some more fruit snacks. I have um, some in my purse. Oh, that's not my purse. My purse is down there <laughs> yeah, if you want so, some. I have some. Um, boys are at home tonight. Um, our dog is babysitting. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, we've got a babysitter tonight. So I'm glad that my wife is up here with me. Hey, here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to do a character study on a couple in, in the Bible. And I'm excited to, uh, to do that. I want you to open your Bible to Acts chapter 18. But as you turn there... In light of, uh, of the season of love that we are in, uh, people keep doing these, uh, these Facebook Valentine's stories. And so- uh, I forgot we were gonna do this. That's right. So uh, I'm gonna ask Angela some questions and she's gonna answer them on our behalf. And, and we'll, see if, we'll see if they're right or not. <laughs> so Angela, tell everybody how we met. Okay, um, we met at a camp. We both worked for a summer camp called Student Life. Uh, This was in the year of 2009. I'll let you do the math on how old we probably are now. That's right. So um, do you remember our first date? Uh, (laughs) Apparently it didn't leave a mark on you. Well, I guess... Listen, some of y'all have been stressing so much about the first date. Angela doesn't even remember ours, so it's okay. okay. We're a little complicated because we did camp, which you weren't allowed to date when you were doing camp Mm -mm. because you have to focus on working. So you can't date while you're at camp. But you did take me to the airport when the summer was over. So And we did go out to eat. I I drove her to the airport. I mean, that was... So I guess that could be our first date. Yeah, no. And then uh, we we were were long distance. So if you have any questions about long distance relationships, we can tell you. Uh, How long have we been together? Okay, we've been, well, this August, we will be married nine years. Nine years, that's right. So, and then we met in 2009, so we've been together for quite a while. Who was interested first? You. It was me, guys, I'll be honest. Uh, I would ask Angela work questions, and I would just think of random questions to ask her, and that's how our conversation It made me, it made me think that you had no idea how to do your job, because you kept asking me I actually knew my job things. very well. I just needed like, a reason to talk wow. to her, so I started asking work questions. Hey, yeah. are we? What time are we supposed to get out there? Hey, what? Uh, yeah. Hey, what's, like. what's it look like? Um, <laughs> all right. Who is taller? That's, well, you. Yeah. Duh. Which tall and us? It just doesn't. I mean, uh, it's Madison, not a word that we use. Madison actually towers over my family, um, so I'm the That's tallest true. in my immediate family. If that tells you something, we're, we're a tiny family. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Who said I love you first? I think you did. See, this is what happens when you have kids. You just start forgetting everything. I'm not sure either. Um, But what matters? You did. What matters is we both say it now. That's That's what matters, right? right. All right. uh, Who is the most impatient? 
Probably you. Probably me. That's true. <laughs> Sorry. It is probably <laughs> Would you me. Agree with I that? agree that. I agree. Okay. Hey, who else is impatient? All right. The Lord's still working on us. Um, all right. Most sensitive. You. That's true, guys. I'm kind of, <laughs> I know, I put on this tough exterior with no, no hair up here and hair on my face, but I can, I can be a little sensitive. Some of you have seen me cry up here. Um, loudest. I don't. I will I don't say know. that when we met, I was loudest. You were the loudest. Yeah. You were the loudest. Um, um, I have been forced into a role where yeah. I have to be loud. All right, who's the most stubborn? We're both very stubborn. <laughs> probably you. It's probably me. All right, guys, this is just what happens We're, when we, my wife we, comes on stage. We, everybody <laughs> finds out how terrible of a person I am. <laughs> We, we're both very stubborn, though. It's probably easy. It's true. It's true. All right. Uh, who falls asleep first? Oh, me, for sure. That is Angela, for sure. Uh, in fact, th- I, when we first got married, we'd be praying, and she'd fall asleep at night. I'd fall asleep with the prayer. You like, got so mad at me. You know, and I'm like, what? she's asleep. I'm praying over here. Um, all right. Who cooks better? I guess me. But you're, you're a good cook. Hey, He's I'm a, a de- great, I'm a decent cook. He, he makes some great scrambled eggs. I, I can scramble some eggs. He can. <laughs> Anybody else out there? You can make toast and scramble eggs <laughs> yeah, and make cereal? It's great. It's great. Awesome. Um, who's a better morning person? You. It's true. Anybody else morning people out there? Yes. Uh, night owls out there? All right. I'm night neither. <laughs> um, <laughs> better driver? Probably me. What? <laughs> we can talk about that later. You just accelerate a lot and you don't break. Listen. Sorry. I, We're opening up a can of worms listen, right now. I, I, I am, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a, I'm like a running back in a football game. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm juking and jiving. I'm making sure I'm not getting hit. I'm good. So anyways, um, most competitive. Oh, maybe me. You're competitive we're, we're, though. We're both competitive yeah. about certain things. You're, you're probably more competitive If you didn't know, Angela played lacrosse. I so did. she's a lacrosse player. Um, all right, last, who's the funniest? You, for sure. Okay. I'm not really funny up here, but, um, I, you know, I, I can get a little silly with our yes. boys. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Um, now you know a little bit about us and some of my baggage. So uh, we can move on now. Well, hey, hopefully you found Acts chapter 18. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to take a few moments. Like I said, we're going to do a character study. And we're going to look at some passages and we're going to look at a couple that I knew about. But until I began reading some of these passages and really thinking about them, I did not know them. And I absolutely love them. They're a married couple and they're in the Bible. And I I, I can't explain it. The more that I think about them and the more that I think about their lives, I just get excited thinking about them. Now, Now, here's what their name is. Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla is the wife, Aquila is the husband. And so here's why we're talking about this. Number one, some of you, um, some of you right now, you want to date. Maybe you won't admit it, um, but you want to date. Maybe, maybe, Maybe you're single. And I hope that Priscilla and Aquila give you a good target to, to, to shoot for. I hope they give you an example to follow. Now, some of you are dating right now. And I hope that Priscilla and Aquila would mark your relationship. I hope that you would evaluate your dating relationship and you would say, hey, we need need some Priscilla and Aquila in our life. But here's here's the reality. 
Some of you, you're single right now and you may be thinking, we're, gonna, we're, we're talking about a married couple? Like that doesn't even apply, <laughs> that doesn't apply to me. I promise you, uh, what we're gonna talk about applies um, no matter what your relationship status is. And so, hey, let, let's take a minute and let's look at, at the life of Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, Angela, would you mind just opening us up in a word of prayer before we dive in? Yeah, let's pray. Um, Father God, I just thank you so much for tonight. Um, Father, I thank you that you give us examples of just a godly marriage here in your word. Um, And I I thank you that we have um, people like this to look to. And Father, I pray that we just honor you tonight with our words and what is said both here on the stage and to each other. Um, Father, we just give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. I want us to see a few principles from their life. Now, this is not an exhaustive list of things that you need to incorporate into your relationships or into your life, but these are principles that we learn from their lives. And so if you're taking notes, I hope that you'll jot these down. Feel free to put them in your phone or if you have paper. But we're gonna, we're gonna look in Acts chapter 18 because this is where we first find Priscilla and Aquila. We find them in six passages, only six passages. But let's start reading in verse one. We're gonna read four verses, Acts chapter 18. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation, they were tent makers. Verse 4. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. Um, All right, let's think about what we see in this passage regarding these two people that we're looking at tonight, Priscilla and Aquila. So the first thing that we see is that they're tent makers, which if you've known much about Paul, if you've read in the New Testament, you know that he too is a tent maker. We see that somehow Paul crossed paths with, this two, with, with these two people. We also read that they are from Italy. And so now they're living in Corinth. But here's what's so cool. We're not sure how they crossed paths, but they did. But verse three says, so because he was of the same trade, so perhaps Paul was looking for work to, to make tents so that he could make some money. Again, sometimes we have this idea that ministers, that all they do is stay in a church. Guys like Paul, he's making tents to support himself to do ministry. He was a tent maker. He meets Priscilla and Aquila, and it says this. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. Now, I'm assuming Priscilla and Aquila were already Christians at this time. And some people, some people don't think that was the case, but, but I think that they were. And they had this encounter with Paul and they allowed Paul to live with them. For about 18 months, Paul lived with Priscilla and Aquila. And so as Paul was ministering out in the community, as he was going uh, to the synagogues and preaching the gospel, you have Aquila and Priscilla who are actually ministering to Paul. He's staying with them. If you can just imagine Paul sitting at the table eating dinner with Priscilla and Aquila. It's been a a hard day for Paul. He's been out doing some different things and he comes back and there's Priscilla and Aquila taking care of him probably, being good hosts because again, he is staying with them. And so don't miss this. And here's what we see first about 
Priscilla and Aquila. And that's, they weren't just partners in marriage. They were partners in ministry. Ministering to Paul. They're using what God had given them, a home, and they're blessing Paul with it. So principle number one, don't just look for a life partner. Look for a ministry partner. As Christians, our number one calling, our number one purpose is to make disciples and to bring glory to God. That does not change when we enter into a dating relationship. That doesn't change when we enter into a marriage relationship. It is still the number one calling that is on your life. So I don't just need to be looking for a life partner. I I need a ministry partner. Somebody that can link arms with me, somebody that can say, hey, we're gonna do this thing. We're gonna live this out together. Ministry characterized Priscilla and Aquila's marriage. Angela, can you speak into this a little bit? Oh yeah, I mean, just hearing you talk, I think um, that's one thing that we've really come to understand and you almost titled, I think, the, this sermon, Better Together. Because with T-W-O, yeah, together. Yeah, he was gonna. Ah, cheesy. Yeah, but. That phrase, though, is so true. Like, we've come to understand that we, we are better together, that we, we enjoy serving together, but it really does seem like the Lord can use our marriage for his glory. And I, and I think sometimes, um, I think maybe we were also, we, we started out right because we met while we were serving. Yeah. And so... Um, to jump into ministry, it's like, well, this is what we've always done Um, because we met while we were serving. And and I was even today just thinking about us and how we met. And there's kind of this neat string of commonality between uh, me and then like my parents. My parents met while they were serving at a camp, ironically, Um, which kind of funny story. My dad thought my mom was a camper and there's a whole story there, but she wasn't. She was a chaperone. Anyways, my parents met while they were serving and my sister met her husband while she was serving. And so I think that that's something that you could maybe take note of is, um, you know, we're called to, yes, in, in our relationship with marriage, that's a tool that the Lord can use, and it's that much easier if you're already doing those things, and then you come alongside that person. Absolutely, and so some of you may be thinking, well, how, how, how do I even do that? How do I pursue that? Um, and I would say, start serving the Lord. Again, if you're a Christian, you're called to be a minister. You've heard me say this phrase, some of you have heard me say, every member a minister, start doing ministry. Now, be careful, because some of you, the mindset is, I have figured it out. If I will do ministry, I'll meet a man. Or if I'll do ministry, I'll meet a wife. Here's the thing. That's not necessarily the case. But if you could envision somebody that is, they're walking down a path that God has for them and they're serving. And then they look to their right and there happens to be somebody that is on that same path, serving, loving God, on mission, and you begin to realize, wow, I get along really well with this person who's serving the Lord, and you begin to realize, wait a minute, this may be a God thing, and that's what's so beautiful about, again, how Angela and I met. We met in college. We were serving. Um, Yes, it was at at a Christian camp, but 
again, it was just beautiful to be able to see, wow, this is somebody that's, they're, they're serving the Lord. They're using their gifts for the Lord and they're right beside me. And it was as if God just placed us right there on the same path together. Um, again, the world would say, hey, go look for somebody here, go look for somebody there. And that's not to say you can't meet somebody outside of the church, but it's such a beautiful thing when you meet somebody that you're doing ministry with and you realize, wow, God has brought us together. Let's continue to look at uh, our next passage um, where we find Priscilla and Aquila. So that's, that's really the first thing that we see that they, they weren't just life partners, they were ministry partners. Now, in verse 18 of the same chapter, so Acts 18, verse 18, says this. So Paul still remained a good while, talking about in Corinth. Then he took leave of the brethren. So he left the Christians that, that were there and sailed for Syria and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had his hair cut off at Sincrea, for he had taken a vow. And he came to Ephesus and left them there, talking about Priscilla and Aquila. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. So I mentioned earlier that Paul was in Corinth for about 18 months. So for about 18 months, we see Paul living in the house of Priscilla and Aquila. And so again, if you can imagine all the things that they talked about, and I believe that during that time that God began to shape Priscilla and Aquila's heart. Again, I, I believe that before they met Paul, they were Christians, but I wonder if those late night conversations at the table uh, or, or maybe as they were serving together that God began to mold and to shape Priscilla and Aquila's heart as they heard Paul talk about there are people that need to hear the gospel. There are people uh, that, that need to understand the message of Jesus. And I believe God began to shape their heart. So much so that as we just read in verse 18, then he, Paul, took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. So this couple, again, probably because of the influence of Paul in their life, something changed. Their home that they had set up in Corinth, they said goodbye to it because there was something greater to live for. There was something greater to live for than just, man, we're gonna live the dream here in Corinth. The tent making business is gonna grow. The house is gonna get bigger. We're gonna buy all this stuff. No, they said goodbye. And they said, Paul, we're gonna join you on the mission. And so don't miss this. They weren't just committed to one another. We see that they were committed to the mission. So principle number two is this. Don't just look for commitment. Look for commitment to the mission. Now, we would all agree that commitment is necessary for a healthy relationship. I hope that if you're pursuing one or if you hope to be in marriage or a dating relationship, that, that, you, that, hope, that I hope that there's gonna be commitment there but we need to raise the bar beyond just commitment in the relationship. We need to be committed to the mission. We need to be committed to that. We need somebody that will say yes to whatever God leads. Angela, can you speak into that? Yeah, again, just, you know, you're so much stronger when you're together and when you are on the same page with that mission 
of spreading the gospel. Um, just thinking back again on my family. I, so on my mom's side of the family, so that set of grandparents on my mom's side, incredible people. Um, my granddad was actually a church planter out west. So he was in Colorado and actually just Colorado, but planting churches all over that area. Um, and my mom's side of the family is a massive family. Um, she's the youngest of nine, actually. So, I mean, it's just a huge family. And my granddad led our family so well and led um, his wife, my grandmother, so well. They were on the same page with that mission. He was planting churches, but he was also leading his family well. Um, and, and Madison called it a mission statement the other day, and I've never thought about it like this, but my family, my mom's family, has a mission statement. And um, my granddad, every morning, this was his routine. He would wake up, he would go cook breakfast, he would then wake up my grandmother, everybody would gather at the dining room table in the morning, um, and he would read the devotion for the day, he'd bring out his sheet of paper with every family member's name, they'd pray over it, and then we would say this phrase every single morning. And the phrase is, we want to do the best we can with what we have, where we are, for Jesus' sake today. And that was what he said every single morning. And I can guarantee you, I, to give you perspective, I have 35 cousins on my mom's side of the family. Every single one of them know that statement because of my granddad and because of how he led and how both my grandparents led the family and just were committed to that mission of reaching people. You know, one of the painful things that Angela and I see is sometimes when, when people aren't in a relationship, they say, oh, I'm going to commit to the mission. And, and sometimes what happens is they find somebody who's not. Maybe they begin to date. Maybe they even get married and you see somebody who begins to back away from the mission. And it's really hard to see because um, really the calling is that we would do this thing together if God allows somebody to be married. I want you to think about this. Uh, the first couple that existed, we see them in Genesis 1 and 2, Adam and Eve, and God gave them a mission. He said to replenish the earth, fill the earth. So their mission was to have babies and fill it up. That was the mission, all right? Now in Genesis chapter six, God floods the earth, or we see the story of Noah in Genesis, uh, I think six through, uh, six through nine, we see the story of the flood. There's the flood, and now we have Noah and his family. God gives them a mission, replenish the earth, fill it, okay? Fast forward to Matthew chapter 28. We have a mission, we're to fill the earth with disciples. That's the mission. We need to be doing that together. Again, Adam and Eve had a mission. Noah and his family had a mission. Angela and I have a mission. Don't just look for somebody that's committed. Look for somebody that's committed to the mission. Somebody that you can look at and you can say, we are going to do this thing together. Let's look at the next passage where we find Priscilla and Aquila. Acts chapter 18, again, the, the first three are in Acts chapter 18. Verse 24 says, Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, 
an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures. This guy, man, he, he, he knew the word. He's a good preacher. He came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So Apollos was a great preacher, a great man. He knew the Old Testament scriptures. He was bold, he was passionate, but there were a few things that he missed. There were some things that had not made its way to him. And so Priscilla and Aquila, and I imagine, we don't see it in the text, but I imagine they said, hey, Apollos, you, you, got, you got any lunch plans today? Why don't you come over to our home? Let's have, let's have, let's have some lunch together. And if you can imagine them sitting at the table and saying, hey, Apollos, you are an incredible preacher of God's word, but, but you've missed some of it. You've missed some things that have happened. Apollos, or, uh, excuse me, Priscilla and Aquila, they began to tell Apollos, listen, this is what Jesus has done. Uh, the baptism of John, hey, that took place, yes, but there's a lot that has happened since then. And they begin to unfold to Apollos what Jesus had been doing, how the church was born in Acts chapter two, how the gospel has been going forth. This radically would have changed Apollos's message. And God used Apollos mightily. And he did that because Priscilla and Aquila knew the Bible. They knew the message. Priscilla and Aquila, Aquila, they weren't just loving each other. They loved God's word. They loved the gospel message. They loved God. So principle number three is this. Don't just look for love. Look for somebody who loves God and his word. Don't just look for love because that might be all that you find. Look for somebody who loves God and loves his word. Can you speak to this, Angie? Yeah, um, I'm just reminded of some of the things that we will go over if we're ever walking through um, premarital counseling with another couple. Um, we were actually doing this last night. And uh, we love to point out that scripture has to be the foundation in scripture has to be what you are basing your decisions off of. Um, so when, when both of you guys are using scripture as your foundation and that's where you're going to look for decision making and, and it's truly the foundation of your life, it's going to put you on the same trajectory. It's going to put you on the same uh, plane. And so that's just something that I was thinking about. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes I'll get in the car and, um, and it may be the car that Angela drives and, and Angela knows that the car, like the clock is five minutes ahead or five minutes behind and I don't. And so I respond differently. But you've all seen a movie where some guys have a mission to do and so they'll all set their watches at the same time. By doing that, it gets them on the same page. And in a marriage God's word has to be what connects them where we say, hey, this is going to guide us. It's not gonna be my feelings. It's not gonna be, well, I got this gut feeling we need to go. No, 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 no. It's gonna be the word of God. 
It's gotta be the word of God. Because if Angela says, hey, God's word is gonna guide us. And if I say God's word is gonna guide us, it's gonna prevent a lot of issues. It's gonna prevent a lot. And, and Aquila and, Pris and Priscilla, they, they loved God and his word and they knew it. And I believe they talked about it. And so find somebody that doesn't just love you, but loves God and loves his word. Somebody that will talk to you about, hey, th th this is what God's teaching me. This is where I'm reading. Um, I'm reminded of, of, of people like my grandmother. I remember my, my mom's mom, uh, her, her husband passed away when I was six, but as I was even a teenager, I can remember my, my we called her mama. I can remember her sending me emails back when emails was kind of a big deal uh, when I was growing up and asking me, hey, where am I reading in the word? What's God teaching me? Uh, find somebody that loves God and his word. Let, let's move on. Let's see um, the next time. This is gonna be the fourth time that we find Priscilla and Aquila and it's in Romans chapter 16. It's at the very end of Romans. Um, and we find them in a greeting that Paul is writing. And this is what he says. Romans chapter 16, verse three. Paul writes, greet Priscilla and Aquila. So he throws them out. Again, he's been writing to the believers at Rome, but he says, hey, greet Priscilla and Aquila my fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risked their own necks for my life. I don't know what they did, but they risked something. Maybe, uh, uh, you know, some people would say that they're, man, they had a knife to their throat. I, who knows what, to, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Man, I just, I love Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, they're risking their life for Paul. I believe that all the Gentile churches, all the non, uh, the churches that were filled with non-Jews, I believe that they knew who this couple was. Some of us, we, we didn't know who they were before we walked in. But man, all the churches during this time, they probably knew who this couple was. And I love the relationship that Paul had with them. He calls them fellow workers. Why? Because they were on mission with him. They may have not always been together, but Paul was over here preaching the gospel. He was sharing the gospel, starting churches, and he knew Priscilla and Aquila, my dear friends, are over here and they're sharing the gospel. They got a church that meets in their house. They're doing ministry together. Paul's a tent maker, there's a tent maker, and God has just knitted their hearts together. Don't miss this. They didn't just care about the relationship. It's good, but they also cared about the church. So principle number four, don't just look for someone who cares for you. You can find somebody that cares for you, but don't just find somebody that only cares for you. Find somebody that cares about the church. God does not want you to date somebody and pull away from the church. He does not want you to enter into a marriage and pull away from the church. He wants both of you to go full force forward saying, man, we want to love people. We want our relationship to bless people, to encourage people. And we see that and we can only use our imagination to think what Priscilla and Aquila did to risk their life for Paul's sake. What if they wouldn't have done that? Paul might have died. There are other churches that might have not been planted. 
Priscilla and Aquila, man, incredible people, not just caring about themselves, but caring about the church. Angela, thoughts on this? Yeah, I think a true sign of finding someone like that is seeing how they view church. So do they view church as a thing that they go to, as an event? Or are they viewing church as a body that they are a part of, as a group of people that they are doing life with, that they are holding other people accountable, that they're actively a part of, not just sitting down and consuming and being a part of, or and just attending an event. Yeah, so here's one of the, I go back in my mind, I don't know if I told you this, you know, if today was the first time I told you this, we were talking about this at the dinner table tonight. And I told somebody this the other day, I said the other day, it was probably last year. Um, and I don't know if I've ever told you face to face before this evening. But when Angela and I were dating, there was a moment that happened where it just left a mark on me. So I, I grew up playing a lot of drums and um, uh, I went to UNA, but I was back at my home church in Decatur because I would you know, help lead worship, playing drums and all that. And Angela had been visiting in town, staying with me and my family. She went to school in Florida. And so I had to get to the church service a little early because I had to rehearse. And it was a student service. And so I'm on the drum set and people are showing up and we're starting to practice. And if imagine a room like this, it's empty, but there's a band playing on the stage. And so I'm, I'm watching Angela and Angela's just sitting in the back. Um, and, uh, you know, she could have been on her phone or doing whatever. But I remember that a student walked in and I remember that Angela began talking with this student. Uh, she began, you know, laughing and talking. And, and then there were other students that entered in and Angela was hanging out with them. And this is the first time that Angela had ever been there. And as I'm sitting back there, I'm just thinking, Man, this is incredibly special to me because Angela could have just gone in the corner by herself, said, I don't know these people. Why would I talk to them? She could have just pulled away, you know, got on her phone, just scrolled Facebook. But no, she began to interact. So that at the end of the night, girls were coming up and giving Angela hugs, saying bye, and Angela was saying their names. And it just left a mark on me about who Angela was as a person. And we didn't know that we would be here at the time. We were in college. Um, but it's so cool for me as I look back at that, Angela didn't just care about our relationship. She cared about the church. She cared about people. She cared about investing in people. And again, pursue somebody like that. Pursue somebody like that. Let's continue to look. Uh, all right, let's go to the next time that we find uh, Priscilla and Aquila. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Once again, it's at the very end of a letter that Paul writes. And so again, Paul, he's, he's throwing out some greetings. Hey, greet so-and-so, greet so-and-so. And listen to what he writes. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 19. Paul says, the churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Now remember, Priscilla and Aquila, they were from Italy. They moved to Corinth. They lived there. They met Paul. Paul lived with him for about a year and a half. They know the Corinthian believers. They know them. Now Priscilla and Aquila are in a different place. Um, 
but, but they had an encounter with Paul at some point and, and they say, hey, Paul, hey, you're writing to the Corinthians. Hey, tell them we said, hey. Hey, can you tell the Corinthian believers that we say hello? And so Paul does that. He says, Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the Lord with the church that is in their house. And so notice what Paul says about this. He says, with the church that is in their house. I, I, I love that Priscilla and Aquila's home was a place for ministry. I love that. And, and, I, and I believe it probably wasn't just their home. I, I believe it was probably everything that they had. They, they used it for ministry. Priscilla and Aquila, they didn't just want to build a home. They wanted to build the kingdom. Some of us, maybe we're just looking for that relationship and we've got that dream home. You know, been watching so much Fixer Upper and HGTV where I know exactly how I want it to look. And I would say dream a little bit bigger than that. Don't just build a home together, build the kingdom together. That's principle number five. Don't just look for somebody to build a home with, look for someone to build the kingdom with. Angela, can you share? Some, oh yeah, some I mean, I, I think again to my grandparents, um, they did not have an elaborate home. I told you he was a church planter, so he was definitely not rolling by any means. Um, had a ton of kids, but it was, it was very common for my granddad to maybe meet someone that day or, you know, seeing somebody on the side of the street or something and just bringing them home and joining the family for dinner. That was very common. My grandparents were known to take in literally anyone. Um, if there was a foreign exchange student, they were the people that were taking those people in. That's just the kind of people that my grandparents were, and they utilized all that the Lord had given them, which wasn't a ton, but they were using that for the mission. You know, I, I love that. I think your mom said that <laughs> when she was growing up, there were five of them in one bedroom. Oh, yeah, uh, five right? girls in one bedroom. Um, <laughs> and so I guess my encouragement to us is that, you know, if you're dating, if you're looking to date somebody, um, think bigger than just your relationship. Think about all that God could do in and through you. Let's look at the last time that we find um, Priscilla and Aquila mentioned in Scripture. It's actually in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 19. Again, it's at the end of a letter that Paul is writing. And I'll say this, at this point, Paul has come to the end of his ministry. And this is probably about 10 to 15 years after uh, he has met Priscilla and Aquila. And so Paul, he's writing to Timothy and in chapter four, verse 19, he, he, he uses a slightly different name for Priscilla, just a different variation. Uh, but he says, greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. And that's the, la that's, that's the last that we see of uh, Pr Priscilla and Aquila. But, but here's what I believe, I, I believe, I, I, at least here's what the Lord kind of put in my heart when I read this. Priscilla and Aquila, again, this is 10, 15 years after they've met Paul, they're still being faithful. The fact that Paul would send a greeting to them, I believe is because they were still being faithful. Not just faithful to each other, they were faithful to the Lord. And that's principle number six. Don't just look for faithfulness to the relationship. Look for faithfulness to the Lord. Don't just look for somebody that's not gonna cheat on you. Don't just look for somebody that you can grow old with. Look for somebody 
that yes, you can grow old with. Somebody that you can grow old with and serve the Lord every moment of every day with. Somebody that you can dream with about ministry and about what God would wanna do. Uh, Somebody that you can talk to about what God's doing. Somebody that you can pray with. Somebody that you can think about godly things with. Angela, any last thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, focusing on faithfulness to the Lord. It's gonna be very hard to be unfaithful to your spouse if you're not focusing on the Lord. So if you're focusing on the Lord, he is your priority then your relationship with your spouse is the way it should be. And we live in a society, and there's many of you in this room that have been affected by relationships ending, that have been affected by divorce and things like that. And I know there's a story behind all of those situations, but it would be tough to go through a divorce and be focused on the Lord. Like, that doesn't make sense, right? So if you are focused on the Lord and you are faithful to the Lord, then your faithfulness to each other will come naturally. So here's what I want to leave you with, and then I'll close out in prayer, and and that's how we'll end the night. Um, Some of you may be wondering, okay, well, what do I do with this? Well, if you're dating, you got a lot to talk about now. You got some things to discuss and say, hey, is this this something that we're going to pursue? If both of you are on a different page, then you may have to talk about what to do about that. But I would talk about it. Maybe you've never had a spiritual conversation with the person you're dating and now you get to do that. Is this something? So I would encourage you if you're dating, hey, talk about this. Now, this is a lot. Priscilla and Aquila, I mean, they're a powerhouse couple for the gospel. And I'm not saying that you're gonna get there tomorrow. But talk about this with the person that you're dating and say, is this something that that we wanna pursue? Because this is a great example that the Lord has given us something to pursue. Some of you, you're single right now. And you may say, well, what do I do with this? Everything that they did, you can do alone. And I would encourage you to begin doing that alone. Uh, Begin serving the Lord faithfully. Uh, Begin living on mission. Begin serving in ministry. Serving the Lord. Loving God. Loving his word. Getting involved. Getting plugged in. and, And Again, Lord willing, if, if it's a desire for you to date and to get married in the right time, God will provide somebody and you'll look to your left or maybe you'll look to your right and you'll see, wow, there's, there's somebody that has the same heartbeat as me. They're loving the Lord. They're serving him. Um, God, are you in this? You continue to serve a little bit more and you realize, wow, I think, I think the Lord may be doing something here. So some of you, you need to begin to pray for that person. But I would, I would encourage you to live it out. And again, the timing is up to the Lord. I know some of you, you wanna be dating yesterday. You're like, man, I gotta get in a relationship. Hey, trust the Lord's timing.